Good evening and welcome to Toon Talk at www.toontalk.co.uk and you can also catch us on Nova Radio .co.uk and you can also catch us on the iTunes app where we are everywhere, everywhere and also on Google Play. So whatever you're doing, if you're on the metro or you're in a beach somewhere in America and you just want to listen to good old Andrew, well, you can get me every which way you want. Well, it's been an interesting last couple of weeks for Newcastle as ever. The feel-good factor is back. Can you believe it? Even today, Alan Shearer gets his famous bronze statue out in the middle of the city of Newcastle. A great day. Kevin Keegan turned up, Terry Mack turned up, but that all pales into all significance when you think of the victories. I think we're on five winning games in a row. We've been on TV, thankfully. Uh, We're doing very, very well. And even though it's a championship, a win's a win, that's all that matters. And the city of Newcastle, Gateshead, Durham, wherever it is, abroad, the Caribbean, Newcastle fans are happy in the club, in itself, and that's a great start to, to, the, to the actual season, which I think after two games, nobody expected us to be in this position. Uh, and my co-host tonight, as ever, is uh, Neil Mitchell, calling from Dubai. Good evening, Neil. Good evening, Andrew. And I'll just start the show by wishing everybody uh, an Eid Mubarak. It is uh, the, the celebration of Eid al-Ahada. So can I wish everybody health, prosperity, and happiness for them and their families and the coming passing of this Eid. Isn't that lovely? Yes, because we have a growing influence of people actually listening on the show from Dubai, and uh, obviously we're not just Newcastle, we're Sunderland, Middlesbrough, and other clubs as well. We're as you're football, find Andrew. We're football. <laughs> That's what we are. Uh, we are everything we are and everything. New, we are the new home of football. This is what we are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's so true. And one of my special guests tonight, who's actually about to go hop, skip and jump to, to actually um, get involved in the football game tonight, it's Steve Bauer, a commentator, presenter and all that. Views aren't of BBC, BT Sport, NBC and always, always working all the time, Steve. No, I do get a, do get a breakdown again, Andrew. But, uh, <laughs> the football season is extending more and more, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It must be quite exciting uh, to be part of the NBC group when you when you've been over there. How's that experience been for you? Thoroughly enjoyable. I mean, obviously, I, um, I do some games for them and uh, a few studio appearances in the UK throughout the season, so you always feel part of the family. But um, yeah, three times I've been been over now quite extensively this year, of course, as well mm. to finish last season and and start this one. And uh, you know, to, it's just really like talking football with your friends. So you know, it doesn't really get much better than that. But but, but they, I think they do it well. They're, they're very professional. They've certainly grown the game out in America, wherever you go, whichever state it is. Um, you know, the, the Premier League and, and, and football in, in general is uh, is on the up there. And, um, you know, I'm not just saying it because I work for them, but I think NBC in the last, you know, three or so years have, have played a big part in that. So um, they've, they've thrown a lot at it. The Premier League obviously like them because they've, they've signed for another six years uh, to show it across America. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's only going one way. Yeah, so it's been, um, I must have thought, just even from the outside looking, obviously I was in America for 10 years and uh, I used to go to all the bars, the Lucky Bar in D.C., uh, you have to, you'd have to go to Clarendon, you'd have to go online most of the time to try and f- catch a game, and now you can catch every single game live, and mostly in HD, I would have to say as well, because that's a massive, uh, obviously you've got Sky over here, but um, it, it just seems, that, you know, they, they're ramping it up, all the sports that they show you, um, 
like I think ESPN, you had Ian Dark, we've had Ian on, on the show many times, but um, it just seems that they get it. And obviously with the US, the US side of it, um, I, I wasn't sure about the US side when, when they started playing it. What, what, what's, your, what's your take on it? Because obviously it's um, the teams that go from um, clubs, it's not just a hop, skip and a jump, is it? They've got to go from LA to well over to, to, to Seattle and, and different places. And even, even um, Stephen Gerrard mentioned that it can be quite trying. Yeah, the MLS is, um, as you say, it's a world, worldwide country game. And I think that's the one thing Steven Gerrard um, certainly noticed uh, when he first went there, that you can have, uh, uh, you know, a five, six-hour flight. I mean, I, I actually did it when I was over in April. I, um, I was obviously based in, uh, in, in Connecticut um, mm. working for NBC while I was there. And a few days where I didn't have a game, the BBC asked me to, to fly to, to California for, uh, for an hour to sit down with, with Jürgen Klinsmann. Um, ahead of the Euros, the, the US coaching, you know, you, you kind of know the size of the country, but it's only when you really do it, you know, it's almost a 12-hour round flight. And, uh, and I came back on the Friday to go back into the studio on the Saturday with the early start. And, you know, I'm not running anywhere. I'm just trying to perform in front of a camera. So, mm. so sometimes the, the European-based players who go over there um, takes them a long time to to get used to that. And, and obviously, you know, time zones within within one country as well but again I think you know the success of the Premier League and, and the US getting to the last four of uh, the Copa America in the summer mm. is helping uh, you know the, the MLS crowds that they tell me they're on the up we could sit here all night and debate what they need to do and how they can improve mm. the league and all the rest of it but you know in, in a nutshell it, it is being better supported and there is more interest in it so the whole game not just you know MLS and not just Premier League the whole game of, of soccer is is being more talked about now, I think, in the states than it's ever been. Neil, well, I think that's that, that's phenomenal. I mean, I've I've watched the development of the game there. I have friends who live in Kansas, and I've been I've been over to see um, what were the Kansas City Wizards. I, think, I know they've, they've changed their name now um, a couple of times, and to see you know when they played their original games in Arrowhead Stadium, where the Chiefs play. And there was still 40,000 people turning up, but because it's an 80,000 ball, it looked half empty and it was a bit patchy, you know, and they're applauding the right back doing a quick turn in his own 18 yard box. And I'm just thinking, put the bloody ball out, get rid of it, you know. Um, and, and now I think there's actually much more. And I think the, the understanding of the game, and I think part of that comes with the development of coverage, because you've got so many people now throwing masses of coverage in, in, in the States. You've got NBC, you've got BN, you've got, you know, obviously that I know from this part of the world geographically. Um, I know they have big interest in America as well. And so there's, there's a lot of coverage being chucked at, at soccer, for want of a better word, um, over there. Um, and, and it's always been a mass participation sport up to a certain level. And it was how do you break that glass ceiling? And I think it's quality coverage to generate interest not even necessarily quality play, because I still don't think the Premier League is the, the, the if you want quality football, go and watch La Liga, mm. um, uh, rather than Premier League. But it, it's, it's that, um, it's the excitement that, that is in part built by the coverage. You know, the, the wind-up of coverage over here, you see, you know? Yeah, the, the, the one thing I would say is that the, the season just gone. Um, you know, I was, I was lucky and fortunate... Uh, 
to, to be there for the last six weeks of the season. The mm-hmm. Leicester City story um, has just grabbed yes. the Americans because they love that, I hate to use the cliche, Cinderella story, but that's what they call it, uh, the, the underdog. And obviously, you know, you'll never get a b- bigger story than, than Leicester City. Um, and, you know, to the point where I was checking in to, to do that flight to, to California and, and the girl recognised me off NBC mm-hmm. and uh, and she said, I, I said, how long have you been watching? And she said, well, a couple of years. And, and she said, but, but this year, or, or everyone in my house has just been rooting for Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the, sort of the weekend after the Jamie Vardy house scene and they clinched the title and all the rest of it. And, and, and that team and that story alone has probably got even more people interested in it in the Premier League um, so you're right La Liga's quality is better but they don't have stories like Leicester they don't have um, you know yeah. some of the stories that are witnessed in the Premier League it's not necessarily the standard of football it's just the storyline um, and, and the humane things really uh, sometimes that, 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 that they go for when you've um, obviously with Newcastle not being in, in the um, you know the Premier League have you found that there's that they're being missed? Obviously, the, the crowds are going to get missed, but um, I think the, the northeast have just have obviously having Sunderland and Middlesbrough. Um, it's interesting watching Middlesbrough. Obviously, got, I think Sunderland will do okay, but when you watch Middlesbrough, they're not just coming up to make the numbers. They actually look like they've got a plan and they're, they're going to play the right way. Well, first and foremost, from a, a very personal. Uh, point of view, um, and I'm not just saying this. I, I, I was I was devastated when Newcastle went down because um, I've always had a you know a lot of friends in Newcastle, I've a big affiliation with the city and the football club, and I've had tremendous days at St James's Park. I've, I did a couple of series of um, the late kickoff show. Um, I've been boosting oh, yeah. Newcastle for for the BBC, so uh, I always thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed. In fact, stroked, offered, and, and asked to go to St James's Park so um, quite simply the, the, the Premier League is a worse place for me um, without Newcastle United um, I think they have exactly the right man um, to try and get them there you were mentioning that run at the start uh, mm. of the show there Andrew and, you know it's a long long goal um, mm. race a horse race really lots of offences to jump um, the championship season but you know I, I know Rafa Wealth from when I worked with him when he was time at Liverpool and a little bit at Chelsea and uh, you know he, know he knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing he's he's the first Newcastle manager for a long time there that can go on on his terms mm-hmm. can change the, the face yeah. of the club off, off, off the pitch um, and, and get 110% complete control in, in all footballing matters and, and probably others to be fair so uh, I hope yeah. they do what they did under Chris Hooten and come straight back um, Sunderland is you know um, another another club really that the Premier League needs with their support and and with their stadium. What, what that club needs now is stability. You know they've chopped and changed far far too much, um, and you know I, I think David Moyes has a point to prove. He's got the bit between his teeth. I think he he didn't realise quite the situation he walked into until he was in the club. Um, and you know I think I'm going to have to give him a few windows if. You know, if the owner, but the owner, Alice Short, has to has to give him time. He, you know, he can't keep chopping and and, and changing and expect them to, them to be in the Premier League. And Middlesbrough, I think, have got an excellent manager. 
uh, Aizu Karanka. And um, I, I, you're right, they have got a plan. Um, they've they've recruited cleverly. Uh, and of course, that, that, you know, nobody expects them to be in the, the top half of the table, for instance. But uh, I saw their game recently at West Brom where um, West Brom were poor, but, but Middlesbrough weren't troubled at all. And a little bit more threat on the break and then, and they would have won the game. So um, I, I think I think we have to do a thing for match today every year that our top four and and certain questions and one of this one of which this season was which of the promoted clubs have got the best chance of staying up and without hesitation I, I said Middlesbrough and I stand I do think um, they'll stay up but um, my big hope I look at the championship results every week it, just from a selfish point of view is that Newcastle comes straight back up. Yeah, it's, I think when you the thing with Newcastle, I think he, he came in too late for a start. Uh, I'll, gi- I'll give you, for instance, when uh, when Neil was part of the uh, getting the fans together here um, a few years ago. Now, wasn't it Neil? How many years ago was mm. it? Oh God, when was the last time we were relegated? So 2008. Yeah, right, and, and the interesting Half thing. Half a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? <laughs> it feels like it, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the, the interesting thing, Steve, was um, this this last week. Uh, the guys that on, are in the fans forum were taken to Newcastle's, I think, training centre, um, where uh, Taylor Payne, for one, uh, who's on the fans forum, I'm not sure if, he, if uh, Steve Hasty was there, we'll find out later on, but, um, you know, he spent four hours with... I think uh, it, was, it was people who contributed to fans and things like that as well, I think it was, a, yeah. it was quite a wide, broad selection of people who I, I guess you could call were, to use a modern term, the social influencers uh, within the group. And I think that was something that was um, Rafa's initiative. And I think this this is the club. I think Steve, Steve's hit the nail on the head. It's not just 110% control of all football and matters. I think he has a lot of say in about how the club behaves itself and how the club presents itself. We've changed, we've metamorphosized over the summer. You just have to look, and we've talked about this a couple of times, how the social media accounts are interacting with fans. We've got a Twitter account that's actually at times fabulously com- comedic. <laughs> um, you know, it, it actually owns people sometimes, and, it, and that's brilliant in a really good, light-hearted and positive way. Not in the um, asinine way that we had in years previous, where we're getting, getting thumped 5-1, and my Twitter account's trying to sell black and white onesies. You know, and, 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 yeah. and that, that was happening, like, every week. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, you know, there was no um, appreciation that, and particularly more acutely so now I'm expat, that we need ways to communicate with the club and to feel that belonging. And, and social media accounts now are the way to do it. And, and you'd hit just a stone wall. And that was coming right from on high. Mm-hmm. And the person that now was making all those decisions is Rafa. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've changed. Yep. Like, when you, when you, uh, have you noticed it? Because I must admit, I, I always, Rafa always came across to me is that he was a bit standoffish when he was at Liverpool. Even though he, he was very good, but he had these issues with the, 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 the Gillette and the Hicks uh, yeah. who tried to ruin that. Who try to ruin the club, didn't they? Really, but um, like the the, the Rafa I, I see, uh, you know, he's taking charge of the club, and he's it's like a little baby, isn't it? He looks like he's thinking, you know what? I'm gonna, it's gonna be, it's a new adventure, but I'm gonna really start from the beginning, and you know, every time 
he comes on TV and now I'm sure in the pubs and clubs, people's houses, it's just complete and utter silence because they want to listen to a guy that no A knows what he's doing, talks common sense, and you can tell through the team um, that obviously that wasn't there under Steve McLaren that he's he's gonna he's gonna build from the, the from the the back to the front to get Newcastle to, to be a real force uh, in the Premier League. Yeah, I think listen, a lot of managers um, that you see now compared to the ones you you, you saw earlier on, that mm. you know the, the clever ones are always learning. They're always um, trying to take something different. In, in, into a club whilst maintaining the core of, of what got them success. Rafa never ever wanted to love, leave Liverpool. Uh, he's still upset to this day the way in which it was done. You mentioned Hicks and Gillette there, which was a very uncomfortable position. He felt he was building something right down to, you know, 14 year olds being recruited from Spain in the academy. Um, he, he felt he was, he was taking Liverpool somewhere. Let, let's be honest, you know, the, People forget now when they look at what, what Liverpool have done. They almost they almost won the league under Rafa Benitez. Mm. Um, they, they finished second. They won the European Cup. They you know they won other silverware. Uh, and I think post that it took him a while to recover from that because it was a huge blow. Not only you know to, to his pride and his ego, but but he really felt he was building something for the long term. You know, not necessarily as long as Ferguson or Wenger, but long term. Um, so I think after that, uh, you know, the, the Inter Milan experience and, and, you know, coming back to Chelsea was to try and prove a point as well. And, and Real Madrid was a job he had to take and, and he still would take. But from all those jobs, mm. he's learnt more lessons. And I think ever since he left Liverpool, well, I don't think because he's told me this, he was looking, I hate the word project in football, but for want of a better word, he wanted... A, 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 a club like Liverpool in a city like Liverpool with supporters like Liverpool with a potential like Liverpool and I think when he went there and I said this he was he was brilliant for Newcastle United Newcastle United was brilliant for him because I think after after those experiences elsewhere in Europe th- this was what since the day he walked out of Liverpool he'd been looking for and hoping for and now obviously what happened being, being relegated wasn't what you're hoping for but what he said to them was listen I'm still committed. I can get this this giant of a football club going, not just for one year, not just for two years, but you have to listen and let me do it on on the way I think I need to do it. And the way I need to do it is to be the man, from top to bottom, to be the man, to have patience and let me do it. Um, and, you know, straight away with... With people saying he hasn't managed in the Championship, the rest of you know this, this guy's won the Champions League. This guy's been at Real Madrid and Inter Milan and managed in the San Siro, Merseyside derbies, Man, uh, you know Milan derbies, El Clasicos, uh, and straight away you know he went and got Matt Ritchie, went and got Dwight Gale, players proven in that league who are going to hopefully get Newcastle out of that league. So um, I, I do see a different Rafa Benitez. I, he, he's he is more relaxed, but I I just think he's got that burning sensation inside of him this is what he's wanted to today he walked out of Liverpool and he's determined to make a success of it yeah he just he just he just like you can like I I, I completely agree on the burning thing because even when he's on the, the sideline the one player I was worried about um, you probably might know you obviously know more than me and when it comes to uh, John Joe Shelby um, 
but mm. I, I never rated John Joe Shelby. Um, and really, even to this day, even now watching him, yeah, he looks okay, but he can do so much more. But um, you just, you can sense with him, he could really become something special if he gets out of his own head. Mm. Because he's cocky, he thinks he's, he's gobby, uh, but the good ones, the special ones, always make things happen when they're on the pitch. Well, what's your thoughts on John Joe? Because, you know, he's... I all, can't all, I would, all I would say to you is, he, he was allowed to leave Liverpool for a reason, yeah. and Swansea weren't heartbroken to lose him for a reason. <laughs> and that reason mm. is... I probably wouldn't describe it as, as brutally as you have, but... <laughs> There have been problems. The boy has talent, and and if I was in a room with John Joe Shelby, I'd say, listen, you haven't been called up for England for nothing. Uh, you haven't paid all that money at Liverpool for nothing. You, you've got ability, but sooner or later you have to listen, and you have to channel that ability. And he's got the perfect man to listen to there. Mm. Um, and I think if it's a big word, if if he listens yeah. to Rafa Benitez and his staff then I think Rafa Benitez can develop that player and, and, and fulfil some of his potential. If he doesn't, and there are some players that, that come along, as we all know, that mm. you just can't yeah. tell, and that the penny doesn't drop, then that won't be Rafa Benitez's fault. You know, He didn't sign him, obviously, as we know, mm. but yeah. he, he certainly thinks he can develop him. But ultimately, it's up to the player. But he's got the best man there to learn from. I think the, the two players that have worried me... Neil, got, you wanna, Neil do you want to add something? Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you've hit the nail on the head about Shelby, and I've, I've prattled on about him on, on this show often enough. Uh, um, he, he, he seems to often say and try and do the right things, and then it all falls apart at the last minute. This whole concept, he, he had a personal chef, and he wanted to get fit air, and he wanted to lose weight, and say, great, you know, you, you, you've got the money and the position to be able to do those kind of things. You take advantage of it and you go for it, so that's brilliant. But then it, 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 at the end, it just doesn't then seem to add up to making a change to how he is. And um, I, I think the, the enforced change in our system a little bit freed him up last week. And um, I, I think he's one of these players that does need a, to be handled with care. He was quite fragile mentally. At times, and 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 the, you see, he thinks he's a he's a gobby so and so, but actually, I think that's just a veneer. And when you crack the veneer, there's there's a there's a lot of soft centre in there. And I think they, they, those characters you do need to handle carefully. I think how he's handled Gufran. I mean, the the comments this week following Gufran's amazing goal against Derby, um, to hear not just what Gufran said about Benitez, but what Benitez has said about Gufran too. You know, and, and, and that's a very different Gufran that was <laughs> anonymous under the previous two managers, really. Yeah. You know, um, he, he was busy doing lots of nothing. Um, whereas now, um, he's, he's in the side and he's, he's been given a chance to state a claim for the side. Um, and there you go. He's, he's, he's for, is it the Rafa magic? Is it that he just knows how to treat different players a different way. Either way, as long as it's working, I ain't going to complain about it. <laughs> what's your, what's your, obviously, there's been such a... The window's been interesting uh, before. I, I must be, if, For me, I have to say, when we, get, when we talk about Sissoko leaving, um, I, I thought a lot of Newcastle fans went way, way, way overboard with the way that they were talking about him. Um, because he's been... You know, when you've got... The interesting thing about... The fact that he made him captain, Steve, is that mm. 
I, 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 even with Sissoko, I thought, well, you know what? He'll make him captain, but he'll make sure that he works every single week. Now, I can understand going to Spurs, hats off to him. He's, you know, he's got, he's got a move that he wanted last minute. But what was your take on the whole situation? Because I, you know, he, again, he's one of these players that goes missing, but I think uh, the same with Ronaldo. He used to go missing at Newcastle, and he's, he's gone missing at Liverpool since he's left as well, but um, what's your take on that situation? Because it was very, very frustrating to watch a player that could be dynamite, and we also, obviously we saw the European Championships, and it, it obviously it was a messy way that he left. Yeah, and I think you know, lots of clubs in Newcastle have had lots of players that you know on their day have, have been sensational, but just haven't had enough days. Um, I think sometimes with the foreign players as well, it, a lot of it's mentality. It looked, it looked to me at times, I used to commentate on Newcastle last season, where his head was elsewhere. He didn't want to be there. I think you're right. Rafa tried his man management skills, give him the armband, try and give him a bit of responsibility, uh, cuddle him if you like. Um, but I think as soon as Newcastle were relegated, you know, Soko was off. And from, from that point on, Rafa will have known that. Um, the player knew that, obviously the agent knows that, and then it's just a question of, as far as Newcastle are concerned, as a club, getting the best possible deal. And I think they've, had, they've done a fantastic deal. I do, honestly. Um, for, for a player whose ability is not in question, but unfortunately consistency is. And, um, you know, to get that money, and, and European Championships you talk about there, I was out in France and I was inside the stadium and I couldn't believe it was the same player. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah, uh, it, it, it winds me up. It winds me up. It winds me up about Chelsea. I was at, Chelsea, at Swansea yesterday, watching Chelsea. Um, sorry to just go off. Peace no, for a no. Second. Go ahead. Apart from Kante, Chelsea's team yesterday, pressing, tackling, full of mm. aggression, full of energy. We're all Mourinho's players from a year ago. Now, whatever whatever problem you've got, with the manager, which they obviously had a big problem. You still, as a player. You know, if any of the three of us were playing, you'd go and do it for yourself. Like, no matter who's picking you, who the manager is. But those Chelsea players, those those ten players playing yesterday compared to a year ago, look completely different players, and they shouldn't be. Um, and and, and Sissoko did for France. So, getting back to him, I, I think Newcastle got a great deal. I do honestly. Um, you know, a lot of Everton fans, I, I, I'm friends with, weren't disappointed that they missed out on on Sissoko. Um, and it'd be very interesting to see how he goes into that Tottenham group who did so well last year got a great unity about them and fits in and, and how often he plays so um, I, I, I just thought for Newcastle listen he, he wasn't going to play in the championship they knew he was off mm. let, let, let's get a good deal and, and they did and um, you know move on I think the one player that I'm pleased has not left yet uh, is Teori because you've got Diame you've got Shelby but I don't think he's going to play Shelby every week. Um, and I think he's fit and motivated. And I think Teori does a lot of things in that midfield. But the only problem with Newcastle field, you've got to think, do you think Diame is the, te- is the player that can, is, be, is obviously with Shelby, the one that can um, open up defences? Did, did you find when he, he plays for Hull, he's that type of player? He's a more forward-thinking player. Um, and... He can drive forward and get goals. You know, he, he did that for the whole last season. And, I, and again, I think in that league, he's absolutely perfect. I thought it was a terrific signing. 
his sort of strength and power is exactly what you need in the championship. Um, when you're coming up against teams trying to, to knock you off the ball and bully you, which, you know, nine times out of ten it will be. Newcastle away will, or home will be a lot of teams cup final in, in that league. Mm. And, and that's what you need. You need strong bodies, strong minds. Um, and I think Giotto, in, in that sense, is a terrific asset. But again, if his head's right, if he really wants to be there, and he's, and he's I think, fully committed. I think with Tiori, I think that's going to drag on because I know yeah, the, the transfer window here in the UAE stays open until I think it's the 28th of October. Oh, and I know Al Jazeera Club were pitchy keen on him. They'd agreed personal terms and then offered 850000 for him. So the, the deal fell through. Um, I would expect that possibly to be resurrected because, as, as Rafa himself said on more than one occasion in, in interviews this season, agents are 100% in control of transfers these days. And I think that the Chinese window may be open a little longer and I think the Russian window may be open a little longer. So it wouldn't surprise me to see TOTA still move on because there's definitely still interest remains uh, for him in this part of the world. I think Lechikia, one of the uh, Qatari clubs, I think, was interested in, in him as well. Um, so I, I think the Teoti saga, I think, was, has got another another month to run yet or so yet, mate. I think we're, uh, you're going to see that drag on a bit because that all revolves around uh, getting players signed in time for the uh, Asian Champions League and things like that. Which is um, that's it. That's a. I mean, you were talking at the start of the show about travelling distances for teams in the MLS. You know, when you've got an Asian Champions League game on a Wednesday in Kazakhstan and then you've got to be back for a, a, a Gulf League fixture on the Saturday uh, afternoon, it's, it, 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 it's no wonder these, these, the, t- the teams over here demand big squads and why the transfer window seems to be dragged on a little bit more for Asian clubs. Yeah, well, obviously, I know that there's so many leagues out there, but has the Chinese League surprised you? And the play, obviously, I know it's the money, but it's interesting, isn't it, Steve? That uh, Azamban Jian was <laughs> in Reading, he was told he's unfit, and he goes to the Middle East, signs for a Middle East club, like, you know, he, hey, he, hey he, I'm he, fine. He's, he's come back to Dubai now, Al Ahli, um, <laughs> who, who has a connection to the Castle United, obviously, because Roy Aiken's sporting director there. Um, <laughs> and um, the, 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 is he fit? Or was that again an agent manipulation to get him the better coin in the move? Because I'm quite sure Al Ahly will be paying him better wages than he would be getting off Redden. No disrespect to Redden, I just think that's fact. What do you what do you think about that, uh, Steve? On the on the the Chinese league and you know the, the the influence the big well it's massive, isn't it? The influence now of um, the Middle East in football in general. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on 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 China. And they're not going to go away. They, 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 they're <laughs> heavily back. Um, um, but ultimately, it's a little bit like the MLS still, really. It, you know, they've got to get themselves, if they ever can, in a position where you're not just enticing somebody for money. And, and, and sadly, that's that's all they are doing um, at the moment. I mean, I was talking to somebody from Chelsea yesterday and... They, they obviously sold Ramirez to, to China in, in January for 25 million. Mm. Uh, somebody at the bottom said, "How is he?" He said, "Well, you know, he, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not enjoying the football or, or the lifestyle, but I'm, uh, he's enjoying his bank balance." But a player like Ramirez, at his stage yeah. of his career, 
you know, should, for me, have a little bit more ambition than that. You, know, you can understand Drogba going when he was at his stage and Elka. Mm. But I tell you what, most of them were back within six months. So, um, mm. yes, it can it can worry a Toyota figure maybe. You know, he might go for a year and take the money. But in terms of top, top players, uh, I, you know, I, I just don't see them being in the market imminently for them. I think that's the problem, isn't it? It's like the reason why fees are going up for average players is because you've got so many, co- you know, countries of, of of the China, the new the new big deal coming in. Um, it's 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 heavily uh, abused. Well, it seems to be pushing the English players. Like it, obviously, you're bringing in so many foreign players now. But when you've got it's it's going to affect the English players uh, getting into teams. In 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 that you know all the leagues here because you know it's gonna it's gonna affect the standard of England as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and that's a big worry, you know, going forward. And uh, <laughs> we could spend the whole hour talking about transfer fees and agents and the problem mm. there. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's absolutely. Have you been surprised by the obviously the the American reaction to our football? With, with I think uh, especially with the the fact that there's, there's Every single game is is now on there, um, and is there is there a, is there a basis in the future for the MLS to go to a two tier league, which I don't think there is personally because I don't know where they're going to go. Because um, obviously you hear so many United States fans always turn around, and because they should be a powerhouse in in World Cups, they should be the amount of players that have got the pool they've got to to choose from. But there are so many sports out there. But um, is is that is, is it feasible to have a um, a two tier league? Um, well, it's interesting this because um, each time I go over with my American friends and do my British ones over there, this kind of rough subject always comes up. Mm, and rough, yeah. I think, in a nutshell, and this isn't going to change because it's an American. Um, uh, sort of state of mind and, and tradition, really. I think, in a nutshell, MLS is, is not really going to go forward in, in giant strides until there's a promotion and relegation. But mm. as you well know, having lived there, the, mm. the whole the sporting mentality is, is different. Mm. So um, I, I, I just find it incredible that you know if my team that I support in NBA basketball finishes bottom, a there's no reason to worry to be relegated You're still still in that division still playing all those teams next season and when it comes to the draft because you've finished mm-hmm. bottom and you've been the worst you get the best first pick to get the best player in so <laughs> that is across the, the sporting that, that, that's what MLS if you like are, are up against um, and until until you introduce that or try and get introduced that competitiveness uh, where you know the way they do it with the playoffs oh it's alright we're six we're still in the playoffs and we're bottom it doesn't matter there's no division to go into uh, I, I don't think personally you can take it on now yeah because a guy you know got, there's a guy called I had him on the show actually Ted Vesterveld God he, he goes on and on about two, two tiers and he's very very passionate about it and I get it but you know I've lived there I'm thinking well you can't have two leagues because you haven't got that many clubs. It's, so how it's you just have two But also, it's, it's, it's not in their psyche. It's not in their yeah. sporting yeah. mentality at all. When you look at the other sports, I think that's 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 it in a nutshell. It's anathema, totally anathema to, to the American psyche of sport 
to say, well, you're going to get relegated. They, they don't get it. They don't, don't get the concept. Um, don't see the, the benefits in competition that it can create because it's a trap door that nobody wants to fall down. And, no, and they don't see people fall down that. that. And, and actually, you're quite right against even in terms of you then get a, get a booster start for the next season by being allowed to pick the best of the young players coming through. You're rewarded for failure almost, which is um, totally different to, in one aspect of football, although there's plenty of football managers get their contracts paid up in full and they're rewarded for failure. But it's a different, different type of thing on a personal level. The whole con- concept of, um, of relegation just isn't there in American sport. And getting them to, to actually get their heads around it, I think, is the challenge. Like when you when when you're when you when you're watching it, um, you know the the reaction of fans when when they go to play. I, I think it takes them a while to understand that when they're sitting there for, for 45 minutes, they're so used to being um, breaks like NFL, isn't it? They get this. They they got breaks. They can do this. They can do that. In in football, you have you have to get invested for 45 minutes, and they're not used to it. No, and that's another, um, and they're not used to it without a break as well. <laughs> you know that, you know, um, a constant theme that I, I get when I'm over there. So um, they've got, like I said earlier, they've got a lot of hurdles still to to, to overcome, big ones. But the small ones, I think they're they're, they're slowly but surely getting there, and then that's why the, the crowds are going up. What's your? Who's your favourite? Uh, team to surprise in the Premier League this season because you know you've you've seen a lot of teams bulk up on players and it's funny isn't it that the one manager we couldn't stand goes to Crystal Palace gets brings in a, he's bringing in a lot of players um, in Alan Pardew that team on the basis of the, the the players that he's buying it should be a quite an exciting team but uh, what's your thoughts on who's going to Who's 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 the team that you think is going to surprise you even this early doors? Not like a Leicester, but somebody wrong that level. Um, well, I mean, I don't think we'll see that uh, Leicester thing again. Um, but you know, you, I, I think you're going to see a lot more familiarity uh, to what the um, Premier League is 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 right is, is is ready really. I mean. Um, uh, I mean, if you if you're looking for if you're looking for one for one team, um, you know it's, it's difficult to sort of pinpoint that. I, I just think that you know the, the the big boys will be will be stronger this season. Uh, I don't think you you're going to see any. I think you know like Sir Southampton, who surprised a few people over the years, are, are going to struggle. Um, one surprise team. I mean Everton. Everton are one that I think. Uh, are going to be back nearer where they belong. I think their manager, you know, is the real deal. Uh, he doesn't get carried away when they win. He doesn't get despondent when they lose. He's added... He wanted to add more, but he's added cleverly. He's added players that have already got experience in the Premier League that don't need to settle in, which I think is crucial. Um, and he's kept Lukaku for at least another season or at least another six months. So I, I think Everton, and obviously the, the new financial backing that has been crying out for, for years and years and years, I think Everton could be one to to get in there and and muscle a few. Yeah, I think I think when you look at Everton, 
they've always been one of those, those te- teams that could, um, you know, you, you thought they could do something. Now they've got a bit of money behind them. You would think that they would really want to have a tilt at it, especially with Kuman. Like one of probably, the, I think the thing that's a, obviously when when they made a tilt for uh, Sissoko, it actually made me gasp. But then you realise, you know, they've, they've got such a an interesting manager, um, and you could revitalise that that whole that whole team because they're going to give them money anyway. Um, but who 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 do you think is going to go down? Well, in my I thought Burnley and Hull before a ball was kicked. Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I know it's predictable. Um, and I know what Hull have done and all the rest of it, but I, I still stand by that. Just, just purely be, be, be because of um, the, the quantity and and, 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 and lack of quality in the, in, in, in the players as well. Um, you know, but Burnley, I'm a big admirer of Sean Dice and, and what he does, but they, I just, you know, it's a big, big ask on on their limited funds and, and the, you know, they're getting players. Um, I, mean, I hope I'm wrong in a way because I think it'd be great for the game if, if one or both of those stayed up. Um, I did think Watford would struggle uh, and I did think Swansea would as well. And I haven't really changed my mind on either of those. Yeah, look, I, I think actually the one, the one manager, and I'm going to put my neck on the line now, the one manager I think is going to get the push very quickly will be Puel at Southampton. I, I've noticed a couple of commentators says, you know what, he doesn't seem to have the love of, of the players. He seems to be very, um, an, not animated, but he doesn't come across that, like a, uh, you, you go across and they give you a hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and he's got big boots to fill, as I said. I mean, keep an eye on the situation at West Brom as well, because um, yeah. their official ownership will uh, will go through the street with the Chinese, we're back to China money. Um, and... Uh, Do you understand Tony, that, what happened there? Tony Pulis is... With, with what? The, the takeover? Yeah, I, I couldn't understand why they weren't buying anybody, because I knew, obviously Newcastle were going to try and buy McManaman, but they didn't... Um, they bought in less than five players, and they went out, made a public um, um, a statement about the fact that Tony Pulis wanted five in, and five in only. And Tony yeah, Pulis... Tony said they so, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's madness. Well, that's what that's what I'm saying. There are um, there are internal issues there yeah. that uh, may or may not be resolved. So um, we'll, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on there on, on whether they change I think, again. I think I caught something on Twitter after the weekend uh, from the West Brom crowd getting quite um, agitated with Pulis's uh, style of football as well. So. It's got all the recipes for disaster, hasn't it, really? It's uh, un- fans unrest, a manager who's not necessarily popular nor in control, and owners who, who, who don't seem to be doing the right thing. Now, where have we heard that story before? That, but that's, is it not the fact that they, they're, they're, they're playing with the golden gun, um, my analogy of it, but um, if, if a team's the, the Chinese money... They want to stay. They have to stay in the in the Premier League, even if in a short term measure. They say, "There, Tony, go out and get seven or eight players." And if we don't like it in the next next month or so, at least we have the players. It doesn't make it, it. It's like you're playing the guy. But the thing is, they know with Tony Pulis, no matter what happens, they'll stay up. He's a bit like Big Sam in that regard. Would you think? So? Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. He guarantees you one thing, doesn't he? 
and, and, mm. and only guarantees you the Premier League money. Um, I mean, I know he was he, well, just got through left Palace. He's been linked with Newcastle at one at one stage rather rather heavily. Yeah. I think he did speak to a few people there at the time. Um, but uh, I mean, listen, that's a whole other debate, isn't it? Over style, over substance. The one thing I would say is when he was at Palace, uh, you know, because the players he had, he, you know, he, he had. He had Balassi, he had Punchin, mm. um, he got in Chamak, whatever. He, he, yeah. he did play a little bit more, more open um, football. But uh, you know, I think the players he feels he's he's inherited uh, at West Brom and probably not been allowed to uh, try and improve. He, he's got to play a certain way. Um, and what you realise is in the in the current climate. You know, and they all say it. They're only they're only one game away from, you know, using their job. And uh, sometimes they play percentage football, and it isn't good to watch. But they are thinking, well, you know, a point at home to Middlesbrough, for instance, you know, isn't what the supporters want. But it's another clean street, another point to where I need to get to, and where I'm not going to lose my job. You know, but when given the opportunity, he's gone out and got someone like Nasser Chadley, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, who you wouldn't normally associate with being a Tony Pulis player. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes these, these, these people rather unfairly get, get sweeping mm. generalisations against them. But you're right, one of the good things he's good at is organising a football team, um, making them hard to beat and keeping them in the, in the big league. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the, the banter stuff now. Tell me, um, for last, when I had uh, Kyle on, obviously I've, I've had Robbie on as well, um, he was, he was, Kyle was starting to um, try and talk about coffee being the enemy. Can you <laughs> he hates coffee by all accounts, but because obviously he's just had a, he's had a, a, a baby a while ago. Um, what's what's it like in that? Um, in you know with the guys in the studio, is it full on? Because uh, obviously it's very professional, which I, I, I obviously you can quite clearly see. But um, what's it like? Is it is it a bit like um, uh, you know footballers in a in a, in a dressing room, or is it? Um, are they are they cutting? What, what tell, 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 let's tell the folks what, what it's like. Yeah, but both, both. I mean, they did a. I don't know if you've seen it. They did when we've done the two UK trips. They did it. They filmed a behind the scenes series called "I Was There," which basically focuses on the eight of us, uh, mm-hmm. and it is pretty unique, really. I mean, the producers put it to, put, put the sort of team together where everyone gets on, very different characters. And um, what you saw on, that, on those uh, episodes wasn't, you know, manufactured in any way. It was just the way everybody is. And um, I think the different personalities and people's different strengths really does play into a great team. I'm not just saying that. Mm. Um, Kyle's got his ways like everybody else. He's great company. Um, he's brilliant to work for. I have to say that Robbie Musto, as you can probably tell, is yeah, all jokes. Um, just because of the way he is and again he's just being Robbie Musto and it's hilarious to listen to and then sometimes he looks at you and says what are you laughing at and they've got all you know fits of laughter and, and you've got Robbie L's dry sense of humour and, and what have you so it's great fun it is similar to a dressing room you've got to have broad shoulders you've got to give it and take it and um, you know it's a terrific environment and, and like any worker life if you've got a good team and people you get on generally you'll, you'll get a good product yeah, I, I must be. I used to, every single week I would watch it just to just to watch the banter and the, the back and forth. And we we had them, when we had them on. We actually, we had both of them on, and they were very surprised because they they didn't 
how can I put it? They didn't think we would um, be. They thought. Look, they thought. I, well, I know Carl especially thought he was going to be dealing with nutcase uh, only <laughs> Newcastle United side of any argument. And yeah. um, and it was interesting when Robbie came on. There's such a difference in personalities because. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's, to me, he's cut and dried. He, he'll tell you exactly what he thinks. And he got, he, he got uh, McLaren spot on, didn't he, Neil? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely, mate. I mean, this, this is the... <laughs> this is how it works, isn't it? People get worked out pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah, it was... Really? Yeah, it, was, it was just, uh, it was a great stuff. But I realise you've got to go and do your thing now uh, for, for the for the football tonight but it's been an absolute pleasure Steve I love to have you on again absolutely tremendous no and, and uh, when you see the lads and lasses please give them the best tell them they are the best on TV and I've watched a lot of TV you guys make the <laughs> best things in sliced bread and I don't often say that oh that's very kind no, it's a pleasure no problem anytime lovely to chat to you thanks so much Steve I appreciate it thanks very much all the best guys cheers mate cheers mate bye bye now it's great great isn't it are you there Neil <laughs> I think he's not there, he's gone on enough. Okay, well, we're going to bring in the next caller um, from um, Sunderland, uh, because I keep on being told off by one guy on Twitter about the fact that we don't have any Sunderland um, fans on. Uh, good evening, Keith, how are you? Good evening, Andrew. I'm actually at Sunderland now, so you <laughs> might hear some background music and the tannoy, etc. And only apologise for that, but there you go, you've got me live at Sunderland. What more could he ask for? <laughs> So obviously, uh, where were you today? By just just tell the tell the the, the, the public where we, where were you today? Where was that? Yeah, I think you misunderstood the text. I was at work. I was nowhere near the James and Paul. I thought you're getting that. <laughs> I thought I had you there, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I got you early. I admire all the new red seats in the stadium. Still a few to change, but we're getting a lot lot more red in the stadium. We're late again now. <laughs> <laughs> just, just waiting for that airport runway to go down and that's it. <laughs> Neil, he, Neil, he reckons, he reckons that Sunday are going to have an airport. Can you believe that? Well, uh, that'll well, be interesting. That'll be fun. Aircraft carrier maybe just more outside the stadium yet. That's something like that. That's, that's outside, the, outside the pink-seated powerhouse. <laughs> it's red-seated, man. Get a look at the pictures. I'll send you the tweet later on, Neil. It's fully I'm red glad. I'm so, so it's glad like, the petition worked. It's like it's like Russell Red of the finest Ferraris, just like what's like that. But anyway, yeah. I was talking about cheap aeroplane mm-hmm. statues. I was talking about <laughs> Okay, so just tell me, you've had your first couple of weeks with uh, David Moyes. What's your what's your take on it, and uh, what's your feelings, well, obviously for tonight? Right, last couple of weeks we've had one of them transfer windows. Mm. Uh, I don't think you need me to come on the radio to so, so tell you. It wasn't the best. I don't think we made any worldly signings, uh, anything of note. But look, at he's got more players coming back from injury. He did make a couple of signings, so record signing in among that. Okay, never as big as you guys, because allegedly went some sort of shadow, but I don't see it like that. But we've got a big signing there. He's on the bench tonight. So, I don't know. We've got to see them play. I've always said this about Sunderland, but don't buy world-class players where everybody's been using them as a, in their FIFA team. So I don't know a lot about them, and the proof of being the pudding, getting these lads playing. I keep on referring to the Kirchhoff situation last year. He had a mere debut, and he's turned out to be a brilliant 
central defender, and he's back tonight. So I'm hoping that Moises know the players he's buying, as opposed to us, the fans in the seats who don't get to see everybody on the continent. So my opinions are, it's early days. I'm not the biggest fan of Moises yet, because he hasn't been saying the right words to engage the fans in the way that Sam did when he left. But I, I've got to look. We played Everton end of last season. We played them off the park. There was one where crucial victory to, to secure our safety. So I'm hopeful for that, for that tonight. But you know, it's a totally different season, quite a different team, and a different manager. So I'm coming with hope, but expectation. Draw to nicking a win is what I'm looking for, and I'd be delighted with either. What's the, what was it? Your feelings on the fact that you lost Barini? Was it Barini was injured? Barini injured, yeah, but that, that, that was, you know, right on the window. You kind of just go out and, and, and saw that. So the Barini situation was very, very unlucky. But he was never an out-and-out centre-forward. We needed somebody mm. as a replacement mm. for if the four injured. Can it make a game one time, you know, if, if the game's not going right, he's marked out the game or on a booking. You've got to have somebody to go in as a direct replacement, yeah. an, actual, an actual striker. That the guy in the six yard box in the thing, you know, from 12 yards out penalty area, and that's where I think we'll last. And I think immediately he's not the fella for that, so um, I'm a, a, bit, a bit disappointed we didn't have a backup striker. And as you know, Neil Smith, bit of a journeyman, I think he could grab the goals. Slightly disappointed we didn't get him, but look at no point worrying about what I didn't get, it's what I've got on my team sheet tonight. Got to hope for the best for them, got to hope for three points, you know got to stop moving up the table and Everton ah, great manager I think potentially mm-hmm. a great manager but they're beatable I'd like to think it's one of them ones that at home you, mm-hmm. you would have put on your, on your score sheet as a, a home win so that's what I'm going for home win well let's be honest you, won, you beat them 3-0 to doom the Toon army and uh-huh. it, but it's amazing isn't it the, the difference what, what it's now with Sam gone you've got Moisey there uh, when you look at the, how the team set up and the fact that Barini was injured so quickly, right on the window, did you did you want did you want that player from Norwich City? That I was did, yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted him. Of course, I did. But we didn't get him. So as I say, you've got to hope for a speedy recovery from Barini. Again, social media is great. He mm. said his operation went well, so you're not waiting as like you know local press to tell you and, and get a harbour sort of club. He said it to him well, so you'd expect him back soon. You've got to hope, you know, the defence will stay strong. One thing I would say felt like a massive plus. We did keep Corner, ironically, yeah. from tonight's opponent. So that was like a big signing in itself. Uh, if he gets his head into the game, he seems to have been switched on. Him, Kirchhoff back, the defence could be strong. Pickford, okay, did pick up a knock of the but Pickford, great keeper, hopeful of... The big things in my defence, we've just got to get something moving forward. So I'm hoping we're, we're record signing in the midfield, M Dong. I'm hoping he's a good player. I've got to go back to what I said before. Don't know too much about him. But I'm, I'm hoping he's, he's wanting to put on a performance and make, make a name for himself in the Premier League. And that's what you do have to hope for. So that's it. Typical football fan in the North East, you've got to have high goals if you didn't. You would just yeah. go home and kick the dog. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, go ahead. Well, it is all about hope, but I think again, you've covered it very well there, Kiki. The, the, 
that we've talked about it before that Moyes was, was sort of thrust into this situation with the, 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 the whole handling of Allardyce leaving left Moyes a big bloody headache to sort out really when you, you look at it ragged pre-season all over the place and how can he plan for half of, of, of what he's trying to do because he's got to know, get to know the squad pretty quickly before he then starts saying right, I want this one, I want that one, I want the other so it doesn't surprise me to see him go with what he knows well, in that, that situation yeah, I mean, he's been very loyal to Rodwell. To be honest, Rodwell hasn't been the disaster he has been as seasons gone by. He has shown a bit more uh, of a game plan. But, uh, again, Moyes, I, I hope I'm wrong about him. You know, he had something in there, and I've covered this point before. Mm-hmm. I think he's got something about him. The disappointment with him is, I get what you're saying, Neil, there, but if he was unemployed, but wouldn't be re-employed, he would have been sitting and he would have thought, hey, I fancy that guy, I don't know, Leeds United, Ipswich, you know, a lower league there. Right. You know, he's got something about him. He must have been sitting watching, thinking, hey, if I was back in, if I got signed to be any any manager of any club, I wouldn't mind him in my team. Him, him, and him. He must have had a few players he fancied, and then when he, he must have known during the, the protracted uh, negotiations for Sam that there was going to be the Sunderland job had been offered to him, it, and it was going to come about. So he would have like stepped up his game again mm. then. So he wasn't starting from ice cold. Yes, he's, he's, he's got a bit of a mountain to climb, but you know we're talking about a guy with years of experience. He's been a man United for goodness' sake, and a lot of time it's at a lower budget at Everton initially. Mm. So you know, that's what we're paying for his experience. So I, I would expect to hit the ground running past down he did. But yeah. Tonight's a big night, but we've got to get moving. We've got to get the crowd behind the lad who we have got. That's the only way to work. We've seen yourselves, you know, if you're on, the, on your manager's back and the player's back, it, it, it's a totally negative situation. Everybody goes away downhearted. We've got to support the team that's there and actually get to watch them. And I'll talk to you next week. As I said, the last time after seeing the Borough game, I didn't give too much away because I didn't know too much. I think I'm in the same boat tonight, so... Next mm. Monday, if I'm on, I'll tell you how the nights <laughs> went. If I'm on. The red is <laughs> all lovely, airport on route, that's it. And I, I tell you, I have met a bit of a ledge, you know, tonight, as you've yes. seen on my little sector. Yeah. I've met McCoyce, and hey, he's great, Pat. Ten minutes outside the stadium, McCoyce, that's years up in the end, so it's been worth the visit to Lohan tonight. Brilliant, so, Pat, I with him. So, uh, what, what was your line to get me to talk to you? Because obviously, I don't, I don't believe for one moment that... Um, he actually just came up to you and said, hi, mate. Well, he, believe it or not, he was standing on his own. And uh, <laughs> he was, he's waiting for his mother. He, uh, he's, he's going for season ticket for his mother every year. I didn't know that. And uh, oh, really? he comes down with that night. He's taking him and his mother. So, very small world. So, I, I just heard he was literally standing like Billy No Mate or Ali No Mate. So, I felt sorry about the lad. So, I, I did really go over. But, had 10 minutes. Obviously, you know, I had a strange association with uh, Paul. And obviously Paul came in Rangers, so I had a bit of chat about Rangers as well. So yeah, it was it, brilliant. It, uh, it's funny how what? players develop affinities for clubs that they've been at sometimes. Uh? And sometimes, oh, it's not the cl- and sometimes it's not the club that you would immediately say, oh, he's bound to have a season ticket there. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and it'll, it'll be the, the one he's spent maybe a short period a short of time in his, his career. But he's, well, there's something, there's been a bond, there's been something uh-huh. special there, you know? Yeah, an affection is there, and to be honest, it, it, it's nice, it's nice something to do it. I mean, you know, Danny Rose, he comes up regular and uh, rents a box up here, you know, and he only had a season on loan with us. Um, yeah. 
So I don't think Yedlin's going to pop down and get a box to the side, but <laughs> certainly Danny Rose did, you know, played the same position. So it's possible, like, left backs, right back to back to revisit. But Koisy is good crack. I like him on the TV, you know. So it was a good 10 minutes, and we liked Spent tonight more than happy with that. Uh, he was carrying a few too many pounds to play up front for us tonight, but I wouldn't mind the manager with one. He's meant to be got that affection and love for the club. There's a the yeah. one to watch out for, eh? Koisy in the, in the dugout. I was I was gonna ask oh god I forgot I had my question I've just lost the question but like um, when when it comes to when it comes to Sunday and Yedlin give give Newcastle United fans a, a, a what's what's he like how good is he well I, you know truly I, I'm not going to knock him he was our right back on loan and I, for whatever reason Moyes didn't fancy signing them you know we let him go we had the opportunity but I would say you know sometimes when people say oh that's me bang on for the championship. And you still buy players for, to do a job, so fair play to you. You've bought a player to do a job. I think we, we brought him to a good position last year, got him match fit and great match experience. So you've got a great player for yourself this season. All you've got to hope is one of two things, that he can grow with you and come back to the Premiership as, as a real performance player next season. Should It looks like you could come up. You've certainly got enough about you. He could bring you up, and you've got to hope that he's not somebody to go dump and fill that position. He does have to keep on improving. He was very decent for work, not world class, but he looked good for yourselves in that league, and he can only get better. So, yeah, he could be a one for the future for you, definitely. No doubt he about it. It's not a bad lad at all. He looks lightning, doesn't he? Ah, well, to be honest, you're saying that, but that's in the Championship. This he, he did get found out for Pierce a few times last season. That was one of his things. If he played as a wing back and went forward, just slightly advanced position, he did get caught out. But again, that was awareness. He put us full season under his belt with us. And let's face it, we are a team that was also defending quite often. So for him to survive the amount of defensive work he had to do, he's not a bad lad. So aye, well, well done to getting him. Like, definitely right up yesterday. What's your thoughts on uh, Big Al? Uh, quite surprising that Kevin Keegan turned up today with Terry Mack. I, I, I don't think anybody expected that. Well, again, it's, uh, what a small world it is. I used to work for, uh, for Fred, who was there, Mr. Oh, Shepard, yeah. the ex-chairman. And uh, yeah. obviously the, the link was there all there, wasn't it? The chairman signed uh, mm. Shearer and the chairman who obviously signed Keegan. And, and obviously so let him go as well. But um, <laughs> basically, I... It's not a surprise, they're all good pals, it's a football world, but it's a bit of history, isn't it? Forgetting he's yeah. linked to Newcastle, he's the record scorer in the Premier League, you can't see that away from the man, so shame it doesn't look too much like him, <laughs> there we go, we'll have a good fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to get to that, I've had a few, there's been a few people saying it doesn't look anything I'm like him. Look, look at I'm not going to knock him because I like the fella, so no, that's, that's who he's, he's deserved, it's, it's a better likeness would have been there more than another, but to be honest, Neil, if they ever made a statue for Andrew, God, there's not enough crap in the world. <laughs> that no. That some shit. But anyway, look at guys. He's pulling it's, it's, it's doing the big finger. I know, you've got to go, I know, you've got to go. It's, it's no, filling no, out I, the big fingers. That'll take about two bloody tons of brass. I tell you. There's, there's no way to get that. If he's doing the shit, a point in the air, you'll never be able to hold them sausage fingers up in the clouds too long. There'll be scaffolds around them all year. Right, look at guys. Wish us luck today. Can you do us a favour? There's a young lad I've asked you to tweet about. This young lad, Bradley, we're singing on five minutes, right? Yeah, if you can, tell the listeners, forget that he's a Sunderland fan. The lad's just five years old and he's he's obviously battling cancer. Donate a pound, 
when you're pounding the him and just hashtag, you know, uh, in the game. it's on the link there, if you can just do that, have a look, if you don't want to, no problem, don't spend a pound, but they will retweet someone, you might be thinking that they were because, but a quid nothing these days, you're not looking on your mobile phone, Bill, so, good luck, oh, good luck, lads, if you can, okay? Thanks a lot, Keith. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Cheers, Keith. Bye-bye, Keith. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. He's always good quality, isn't he? Even for a Sunday fan. He's alright for a Mac. I'm really is. It's the banter, and he's pretty straight. He just calls it as it is at the end of the day. You know, I grew up with a little bit less animosity towards south of the river just just simply because of the logistics of how, how my grandfather always worked on the south of on the south south banks of the time so often had a lot of red and white mates and often went to Roca Park quite a bit and I filtered down from him through my dad and me you know um, and it, 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 it's just that good proper football banter the way it should be Talking about uh, straight as he sees it on Newcastle Aid and Sunderland is our next caller, and that is Lee Johnson calling from Chester Street. Good evening. Hello, mate. All right. I'm not too bad. So you you're quite impressed with um, Newcastle's performance on Saturday? It was uh, I. I mean, it was just we were well controlled. Uh, I think that's something that Benitez uh, is slowly but surely bringing into the club. Uh, mm. I'm seeing people mention the game game management. Um, um, I think I was saying I, I can't remember who I was talking to actually I think I was chatting about uh, someone was saying that we thought it was going to be a 2-2 draw and uh, my words mm-hmm. to him was that I really really do think over the last couple of weeks it's going to take a good side in this league to score two goals against us um, mm-hmm. I just think defensively we look solid uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're building from the back forward although we weren't I suppose I, I don't think we were a great a great attacking threat on the night at Derby. The minute we got in the lead, um, we kind of just put the barriers up and said, "We'll come and break us down, and then we'll try and catch you on the break." And uh, a little bit of clever thinking by Shelby at the end got us the second goal. But we really weren't in any kind of danger apart from the early stages when they kind of had that goal just low. But I, uh, that word everyone's using, game management, um, mm. great to see. And the minute the minute we got the first goal, and Gufran scores that absolute screamer. Um, the TV, the TV cameras pan straight to Benitez, and he wasn't celebrating, jumping around like an idiot doing the Pardew dance. He was having the word with John Joe Shelby saying, "Right, yeah, he was. This, this isn't right. This isn't right." So that all the time, I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did like that. I must say, the fact that he, um, you're right. I think when it comes to the other managers we've had, it would have been about about them, you know, how the reaction, everything like that. With never, Rafa. never, never off the clock, Andrew. It's constant. Yeah. He is mm. never off the clock because at the end of the game, end of the day, the game lasts ninety minutes. Regardless if you've just scored a very good goal, he is never off the clock. Mm. You, can see, uh, you, you can see that every bit of praise mm. comes with a constructive criticism. <laughs> you can see it's 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 like, yeah, that was great. You you did that for twenty minutes, brilliant. You need to do it for seventy minutes more. Yeah, you can do that. That was it. That was. Yeah, you can do better, you can be better. Look at your positioning here. Yeah, y- y- that was a great save and tackle, but do you know what? If you'd taken up a better position to start with, you wouldn't have had to make the tackle in the first place. Yeah, and and, and it's like... Absolutely. Look what, look what he's getting out of John Joe Selby over the last couple of weeks. I was uh, the first game of the season I went to was Redden. I thought he was terrible. I thought his work rate lacked. And that's why mm. he went out of the side when we went to um, Bristol. 
but he's come back in. I think he's moved him five yards further forward, and he's actually got the kid working. And if he adds work with it, obviously he's no doubt, and there's no doubt he's got talent. And also, I think he's actually reined in his passing. He's, 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 he's not trying to do the Hollywood balls. He was trying to fight in any Hollywood balls. He's actually doing balls four with 10, 15 yards, which are actually getting us further up the field. And of course, he's got that in He's got the ball in his locker where he can pick out something, but he's doing it less and less. He's doing it actually at the right time. So again, he's clearly working on his game. I think that's that, that's probably the the one thing. Like he, I mem- remember, we've talked about it before, but the fact that he he spare, he's got his own personal chef, and I think Rafa has, has actually mentioned, hasn't he, that he he came back from pre-season really really fit and ready to go. And a lot of the time, when you hear about Shelby, especially last season, and that's where the uh, the the difference in uh, with having a, having a better captain. He would. He turned. He called him out, didn't he? Last season, listen. He's getting far too down himself in training. But again, it's about man management, man, game management, isn't it? That the fact that these these players are being coached by one well, one of the best man managers, coaches on the planet, and Newcastle. The good thing about Newcastle, the team's going to change. It's not. We're not going to see the same team every week. He's going to be using the, the squad. And um, I, oh, I, I was over the moon that last that, that second goal. I, I loved that. Uh, I, full, I fully expect to see a number of changes for the QPR yeah. game. To be honest with you, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Andrew. In terms of uh, using the squad depth, I think we'll see a few changes. I think he's going to play horses for courses. I think he's got a, he's going to have a plan for every game. He's going to have it uh, again as Lee as you see. He's always on the clock. He's always switched on. And I, I, I think you, you, you'll probably have a, a quite a different look for tomorrow night as to what we had at the weekend. Well, who picked Neil? Who picked? Who picked? Who picked them taking out there and Hayden uh, on Saturday? That's right. Nobody picked. Nobody picked them no. taking no. out Hayden. I mean, I was disappointed straight away with fans' reactions to that. They were saying, "Why callback play? Why callback play? Callback, callback." You'll see callback in a lot of games this season when we play away from home because he does he does the job that no one else wants to do. He does win you the ball back. He does make it difficult for teams to come past him. And when you when you set up away from home, as he's done in these two games, Derby and Bristol, he's made us tight. He's made us compact. He's made us difficult to beat. And because we had to get that monkey off our back by trying to get into a run away from home, we've done that fantastically over the last two weeks. So anywhere we're currently going now, we'll not fear. I'd like to think we can get the, the London little jinx off the back because we always seem to perform really poorly in London. But callback, callback is a steady eddy. He does a job, he makes it difficult for teams, he works hard, he tries to get you the ball back, and, and, and Rafa Benitez will play him a lot of times this season when we venture away from St. James's Park. Yeah, what do you, the thing is, I, I, must, I never saw the Hayden thing coming whatsoever, so would you, do you think that means on, uh, are we away, are we, are we playing away against QPR? Yeah, away QPR. Away, is it? So, you would think, after all that run around that Gale did, that he'll rest Gale. What do you think? Mm, I don't know. I, I actually don't know. Um, he might. You never know. He might. He might. He might um, surprise us and go with the two. You know, I know Jeremy. I know Jeremy's kind of been sitting in, playing off him. You never know. He might make little changes. It. You know what? I, I, the beauty is with Andrew and Neil. The beauty is nobody knows which team he's going to pick the Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody mm. could tell you that he's going to play this and that. Because, like I said, he, he threw an absolute spanner by not playing Hayden. Because Hayden, to be honest with you, stood out like a sore thumb for me. I think he's been excellent. Mm. So, 
to take one of these better players out. Maybe maybe he looked at him after the international break and thought his levels were down a little bit because he, do, he does things like that. I've watched him on the sideline when we were turning up against Brighton, of course, in the ten men. He was got, he was absolutely doing his ends for about ten minutes at some of the players um, because the levels had dropped and of course, obviously, the levels kicked back up and. You know that that's a good manager. <laughs> that's a good manager. It's great. I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm in a wet dream. The fact that he's our manager. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. I think that's the, the key thing, isn't it? Because he's got. Plus, we, we haven't even talked about. You know, Mitrovic. We haven't talked about Atsu. We've seen Yedlin come on. There's so much. You've got Teoti that could come back in. It, there's so many different. You know options now than what there was at the start of the season. You've obviously got Sissoko out, and you know maybe the transfer window will come up and again. But um, it just the looks. There's more of a plan, isn't it, Lee? Well, you you're gonna you're gonna see. I think um, the thing about the squad and all the players that you've just mentioned there, you'll, you'll kind of see this kind of knock-on effect that as the league starts to take shape, once once you start to get into the winter months and things like that, people are gonna. Teams are going to lose footballers. Teams are going to lose players due to little niggles, injuries, and things like that. Whereas we, on the plus side of that, have kind of two or three players to each kind of position. Mm. And you know, Huddersfield are running, kind of running away with it a little bit at this moment in time. But squad-wise, I know it's nothing like ours. And once they lose a couple of their better players and things like that, or hit a little bit of a bad run, we we we're in a position where we've kind of got two or three players for each position. And I think what he's doing is he's basically getting them all moulded to the same set. Whereas if he makes any potential changes, they all know what we're going to try and do. They've all got an idea what we're going to try and do. And it seems to be currently a quite a happy camp because Hayden was treating that treating after the game, saying fantastic, great effort by the boys. I've seen that new left back in a picture behind Benitez, absolutely looking absolutely proud of him. Oh, yeah. he, he didn't even get a minute on the pitch. So you know. They're all, they're all singing from the, the same hymn sheet. All the, Benitez's target this season is one. We all know it. It's just about one thing. And it's getting back to the Premier League. And I've never, ever been as excited to be a Newcastle fan as I am currently since Kevin Keegan walked out of Newcastle United. Um, it's, I, just, I know obviously I'm saying the championship and things like that, but I really, really do believe this is an exciting time to be a Newcastle fan. And that's just little, just little touches, just little things he's doing. Everyone knows for a fact that the club, the club, and the, the, the club and the community were so far apart. I mean, you could have put between ourselves in Australia, and he's brought all that back together. There's a good feel about it. Even I was reading some of the tweets by the, some of the fanzine editors who were up the ground the other day, Taylor and Bestie, and then Michael Martin. And, you know, they were talking about how he's the real deal. He spent four hours talking about football. He didn't look at what he wants. He's just, of course, he just wants to talk about football. That's his passion. And, and he is our manager. How is he our manager? How is he our manager? I keep asking myself that. How is he our manager? Well, the thing was, the interesting thing about um, what Steve Bauer said earlier from NBC, BT Sport, uh, every, you know, he's, he's everywhere, but he said he's got the burning desire after what happened in Liverpool. Now, the fact it's it's worked out for us, hasn't it? In all oh. in all phases of of football, that desire he knows he has got Newcastle on his back, and he is so you can just tell, can't you? The fact that he's stopping Shelby yeah. from <laughs> from uh, celebrating like a crazy man, which I'm sure he wanted to do, and he's telling them this, 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 and this. He 
has got the whole of Newcastle United fans worldwide. He knows he's they 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 want him as much as he wants to make them happy. Not often you get that. You'll not you'll not he'll not know love like it here yeah. if he does something with his club. Yeah. He's already got he's already basically got a seat now with the palm of his hand and that was on the basis that he just give us a little bit of hope. And when the moment he got moment he got the most important document signed off by Mike Ashley where he basically was given free reign of the football side of things, we all thought right, right. That's a massive positive step that. I mean even even I mean I know it's got nothing to do with football, but you even seen Mike Ashley coming out and apologising to his employees the other day, I was thinking, Christ this is the rougher effect, and it might not necessarily just be down to football. It's just, you know, common decency and, and, and having a bit of class and, you know, being a proper man and things like that. It, it's, it's, it's the little touches like what he did in the summer to bring the community back together, them little them kids five aside where he turned up and he, and he spent a lot of time with the kids and he wanted to be there. Things like that are absolutely phenomenal. And the fact he's, he's a top class manager as well. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm thinking I totally can't be lucky scores that he decided to stay with the club. Yeah, it was interesting uh, when um, the fact that today was such a, a wonderful day as well for Alan Shearer, because I, I saw you obviously commenting about it today, but um, the fact that Kevin Keegan came back, you got Terry Mack there, you got Freddie there, um, you know, I, I actually expected Alan to break down. Because <laughs> the amount of again the love that he's been shown by the city because of the way that he played, it was an, it, it was a nice touch today, wasn't it? I, I, I wondered. I actually even wondered if he knew he was going to be there. So um, it was just it looked beautiful, didn't it? Well, if I knew if I knew Kevin Keegan was going to be there, that would have yeah. been a, I would have put a day off in and went up myself, and I would have just stood outside and said, Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> I love you, I love you, Kevin. I bowed, I bowed his feet every time I see him. I absolutely love the man. He's not just, he wasn't just, a, he wasn't just a good, he was a good guy, a good guy. And he actually had Newcastle, he had Newcastle's best interests at heart. Mm. He wasn't, it wasn't all about himself and things like that. He's, he's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to this club. I was very, very fortunate that as a young boy, I, I grew up and I had the pleasure of watching his mm. teams. And that's Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer commands respect wherever he goes. Everyone in the whole of the world knows who Alan Shearer is. And, you know, he, he, like you said, he's pretty much lived the dream. Um, he was a young kid, a Newcastle fan. He managed to stick the number nine shirt on. And Jesus Christ, I'd like to think what he would have done with Newcastle's all-time scoring record if it wasn't for those three serious injuries he had at the club. Yeah. Never, mind, never mind the Premier League goal-scoring um, record. I, I think he would have topped 300 just, well, top 300, 350 to 400 goals, Andrew, if it wasn't for missing mm, three, he missed three or four seasons due to serious injuries, which did affect his game. He lost, he lost a year at Pearson, but given the, given the, the kind of man he was, he, remarkable. The, the, I mean, he, he basically summed, he, he basically dragged this club, um, for a long, for a lot of years where he could have left us. What a, what a player. What a man. I feel privileged that I watched the guy. Mm, I yeah, he's just, it's brilliant, wasn't he? Come. Just a joy to, joy to watch a player like. So give me a score before I bring in Steve Hasty for tomorrow. It's going to be an interesting game, interesting lineup, more importantly. But um, give me a score. Well, if we get the first goal, Andrew, I think you will find it very hard to um, take some of the So I'll, 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 go for, I'll go for the couple two one. Two one, great stuff. Well, thanks for coming on, Lee. Yeah, we'll catch on. you next week, and we'll, we'll see how uh, we get on. But it's the feel good factor is back, baby. 
It's back. It, it, it'll be even better if someone gets beat tonight just to top the weekend off. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Well, we did, you know, I, it's always nice to have Keith on because he is good quality to listen to. He's probably the, probably the only people I actually like I, having on actually, who can actually, talk. I, I, second ex- I second what he said at the end there because I, I donated a quid to that charity oh, for that kid man. because no, la- no kids should have to go all the way to America to get... Um, yeah. Special operations, man. I don't know why they can't just do it in this country. So, why? If you see the link, pack them for a quid. I mean, it's next to now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great message. I think. What, what is, what's the link again? Do you know what it is? Uh, I'm following on Twitter, Andrew. I don't know what the link is. Bradley, but I'm following is it Bradley? Uh, Bradley, he's, um, he's a mascot tonight of the game. I think he's oh, coming he's out with the teams. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll keep on retweeting it because it's a great message to send and it's shocking that the poor lad has to go to America. It's absolutely Indeed shocking. Indeed it is. Hey, God. But thanks for coming on, Lee. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week, mate. Well, I'll see you Cheers, mate. Cheers, Bye, mate. Cheers. Bye, mate. Cheers. Well, great to have Lee, Lee on as ever. Calling from Chester Street. Always um, pride in, in Newcastle United. Everything's moving forward. And we bring our next guest of the evening and that is Steve Hasty from the Fans Forum. Good evening. Good evening, guys. You all right? Hi, Mr. Brown. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I echo what Lee said there in the rest of you about the, uh, about the Just Given page. I think our, our friend Kevin, uh, Kevin yeah. Moore, Kev Moore, uh, oh, Kev yeah. ran the Great North Run yesterday in a red and white top. In a shunning shirt, aye. Yeah, what a great, great gesture. And so I think if anyone who knows Kev, uh, you can find him on Twitter and you can find his, uh, his link and uh, make a donation uh, via Kev to the the uh, the fund as well because uh, that was a great gesture by Kev but I think that that sums up that uh, you know despite all the football rivalries and what we hear about mm-hmm. the Castle and Sunderland you know when when it comes to, to you know conscientious uh, the way that the conscientious people like Kevin uh, operate you know it just goes to show that we're, when we're all we can all pull together and we can do some good in the world yeah it was just it's um, you know <laughs> to go to run to go and to actually run that because that's not an easy hike that uh, Great North Run is it and to, to run in the sun and top as well yeah I've done it a few times myself I, I did post up yesterday my time uh, for the run which was uh, 1 hour 41 I did also point out really? that that was 35 years ago so uh, <laughs> now I don't think I could even manage it on the metro <laughs> um, so you, you know, it'll, it'll take Kevin about two weeks for the rash to clear up off the top as well won't it <laughs> I think it might die, but you know what? Uh, It'll not bother him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good lad so, so tell me, you, you you saw that Rafa got a few of the social media people uh, to go to the club. Um, obviously, Taylor, Taylor and Bestie w- were there. Um, it's unbelievable that he spent four hours with, uh, you know, I believe. Well, I'm not going to. I don't know Michael Martin, but I believe he was there. But um, other people were there. Were you there? <coughs> No, no, I wasn't there. I was there the week before. So, uh, oh, were, but it okay. is, yeah. I mean, the, the stuff that, uh, that, that the lads were saying. I think you know they just endorsed what I was saying last week about Rafa and about the fact that he eats, sleeps, and drinks football. And uh, you know, give him an audience, <laughs> give him, give him some people who want to listen, and Rafa will talk. You know, and that's what he did. Four hours. I bet you within that four hours, Taylor, Bestie, and and the rest of the guys probably what. Manage three or four questions because once he gets started, <laughs> he gets on a roll. You know, <laughs> but it was—it's fantastic, isn't it? It's—it's it's part of that. Uh, it's part of what you were talking about earlier. The sort of a, the new brush that swept into town. You know, uh, the, the whole new approach that the, that the club, the whole uh, the way that that social media is developing, the way that the 
there seems to be a, a whole new uh, feel about the place. And, and with that comes the fact that we've now got what, four games unbeaten um, yeah. and four straight wins and we're not conceding goals at the back. And, uh, you know, I, I can see that continuing tomorrow against QBR because I think, uh, as, as Lee said earlier, if we get an early goal or if we get the first goal, then, uh, you know, it'll, it'll just uh, the momentum will just carry us forward again and we'll be followed by another massive following on a Tuesday night in London. I know we've got lots of London supporters anyway in the London supporters mm-hmm. group, but... Uh, you know what? It just goes to show, you know, with a little bit of success, this club can absolutely fly. And I think Rafa sees that. And I think all of a sudden the powers of B are seeing it. And, uh, you know, who knows where it could end. I'm just doing a little piece for the uh, the entertainers programme for uh, for the for the match that we'll have against Manchester United at Select 11 in October. And uh, looking back at uh, at some of the, uh, some of the, the, well, just reminiscing in a way, I'm mm-hmm. doing... It's kind of a, you know, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? You, you look back and, and you think, this is great, you know. I'm actually enjoying reading up about what it, what those days were like and reminiscing about the fantastic mm-hmm. times in 93, 94, 95 and, and, and beyond when Keegan was there and the fact that he was there today at the ground mm-hmm. made it, makes it all the more interesting to just, just follow up on those uh, tales and see how, you know, imagine if Rafa went out today and, and sold one of our top players, and I think you'd probably get exactly the same reaction uh, as Keegan got when he sold uh, Andy Cole. We'd all be just looking over the shoulder and thinking, well, that means somebody even bigger's coming in <laughs> next season, you know? And I think that's the way that we're feeling. We're feeling the same about Rafa as we did with, with Keegan. We feel as though he's there, he's building something, he's creating something, something special. I think your first guest talked about that and put that word project in, didn't he? And, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it, but to Rafa, it is a project. To Rafa, he, he, he's got something to prove as well, you know? Not that he needs to. After managing the likes of Real Madrid, and Napoli, Milan, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, who, you know, the fans just decided that they didn't like him, but he did, he did wonders down there as well, and he steadied the ship. And You know, it, it, it's the measure of the man that he... That he he did it with dignity as well, you know, when all around him didn't seem to be able to pick up on it. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, it's great. You know, the, the whole momentum and what picking up on is, is superb at the minute. Were you surprised by the the way that we uh, set up on on Saturday? And obviously, as as me and Neil and uh, the rest have said, the, and Lee said, um, you can imagine there being changes, um, wholesale changes against QPR. No, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised. I think, uh, if, if if anything, it was the substitutions that surprised me uh, when they came. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought maybe he might have blooded some of these of the new lads. Uh, yes, okay, Yedlin came on, but that's the second time he's he's appeared on the scene as a substitute. Uh, there was no sign of Daryl Murphy. There was, uh, you know, no sign of Mitrovic, although yeah. he had been travelling in midweek. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, when, when you when you look at it, it was a long season to go. You know, he's got it. He's got the squad there. He's got players that he's he's working with and he's trusting. And he's also got players, as was mentioned earlier, like Gufran, who are surprising him and surprising us. Um, you know, I would. You can imagine Gufran now going on a run like he did a couple mm-hmm. of seasons ago, where he scored. I think he scored yeah. virtually six on a trot. You know, yeah, he, yeah it was something like six and eight, wasn't it? Nah, it was, That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, he's, and like, he works hard, doesn't he? He mm-hmm. works hard for him. And, and Rafa, that's what Rafa likes. Rafa, players that are intelligent, players that he can trust. 
Uh, he sees a lot. It was interesting the comment you were talking about John Joe Shelby earlier, mm. and the, the comments he made about Shelby uh, when, when he when he does when he does what needed to be done, and he plays a particular way, and he, and he, and you notice after the after the uh, the corner that Shelby took, mm. and everybody's celebrating, mm. and Rafa's holding them over to one side, telling them what he had to do in the next ten minutes. It's as though he's coaching Shelby through the game. He's keeping him awake during the game. He's prodding, he's probing, he's pointing, he's gesticulating right. at him, he's shouting at him. But he's, he's, he obviously feels as though there's something within John Joe Shelby mm. that he's trying to get out, you know. And let's hope he does. Let's hope Shelby does turn into a, a great player and Rafa can, can get that. Because I think we'll know in, in a few weeks' time if Shelby's sitting on the bench that Rafa's decided, you know what, everything I've tried isn't working. You know, and I'm hoping it doesn't end up like that, but that's the sort of manager he is. He'll give the lad the opportunity, he'll give him every chance in the world to, to show that he can do it and that he's intelligent enough. But if there reaches a point where he feels as though it's the end of the road, then the lad will be dropped, somebody else will come in, and he'll have to start competing, and he'll have to start listening, and he'll have to start learning again, you know. And that's what Rafa's good at. Yeah, Neil, when you, when you think of um, that situation with Shelby, uh, I, I always go back to the fact that Steven Gerrard always says um, they they had a very a cold relationship. Uh, but you look at Shelby and you think, well, okay, he's taken him to one side, he's telling him what he wants because he mm. believes in him. And like as Steve just me- mentioned there, a great point. Thinking, well, yeah, I'm gonna I'll put you on the bench for you to get it fully, but he should mm. also think to himself. Yeah, Rafa Benitez wants to talk to me. He, he's telling me what to do with the game. He should feel tremendous, shouldn't he? Neil? You'd think so. Um, <laughs> it, 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 you, you would think so. It, 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 it's all about this man management strategy, though, football as you're handling. Um, sometimes quite um, on the surface, brash individuals who have delicate souls underneath. You know, and, and the toys come out the corner. For, for Gerard to say they had a cold relationship, is that not because Gerard doesn't like to be told you did that wrong? Mm. And that was great, but you should have been doing this and you should have been doing that. Because at the time, he was, he's Mr. Liverpool. And there's probably very few people with the level of power within that club that he had. And for a manager to come up and pull him one side and have a word in the shell league and say do you know it was great for 70 minutes but you did this and you did that and that was rubbish and can we, can we change your position in this situation um, probably blew his mind um, because that's the way Rafa seems to work everything seems to come it, 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 the praise is there but there's always a constructive criticism tacked on at the end and that seems to be the way he does he's a perfectionist he wants everything done where every I is dotted and every T is crossed. And that may explain why some players won't like that. Some players right, just won't right, get that. Neil, yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and also, you feel, uh, don't forget, with Steven Gerrard, you said he was Mr. Liverpool. Mm. You know, Steven Gerrard was Liverpool. Steven Gerrard ran Liverpool during mm. his time under Gerrard Houllier. Mm. Gerrard Houllier gave him that reign. He, he allowed Steven Gerrard to, to run the dressing room to run what was going on, on on the pitch and off the pitch at Liverpool. And that mm. was Hullier's way. And Gerard got his nose put out of joint when, when Rafa came and started questioning some of the things that he was saying or some of the things he was doing on the pitch and started to try and bring the best, something better out of Steven Gerrard. 
and it took Steven Gerrard an awful long time to twig on, you know. And I, I don't know about you, but I always found when Steven Gerrard played for England, for example, he had everything going for him, but he, he wasn't the player who could take the ball by the horns and get a hold of a game and grasp it for when he played for England, like he did at Liverpool. And certainly when he got the captain's armband, he didn't lead by example for Liverpool, no. for, for England, did he? You know, quite the opposite, uh, you know. Uh, uh, I think Beckham, that's that. Second day, Beckham went yeah. and dragged us through against Greece in that game for to get us through the 2002 World Cup. I think the, 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 that's part of what made the conundrum about why they couldn't play this whole, you can't play Gerard and Lampard in the same team, which I always thought was an utter tripe. Why can't you play two, two of supposedly the best players in the world in the same team? That is ridiculous. Every other international team seems to be able to manage to do it. Uh, and yet we had these two players who, t- who apparently couldn't play in the same team together. Was it because actually they weren't just being given the guidance to do it correctly, or they weren't receptive to the guidance to do it correctly? Yeah. And, and, and this, this is what it's the essence of it, isn't it, really? And, and you're right, he was never the same player in an England shirt as he was in a Liverpool shirt. And that was something that was layered at him time and time and time again. And quite rightly, yeah, absolutely. You're spot on, Neil. It's like it's like he. That, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like it, I actually heard Gerard complaining um, when he went into US football, um, talking about the fact that the journey is so long. So you can imagine he, he comes across a, a bit of a whinge at it, does Mister Gerard, and you know he, he leaves Liverpool, to, he, he, and then in the, in the same breath he talks about not having to have be the, have the hassle of going to being in Liverpool walking around, he has to monitor everything like he has to do, and he's in America, he's, what, he's fighting... Like not being with DJ in Southport. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, I, so that's the thing about, you can understand, I suppose, that maybe Rafa let him do things a certain way, and the, the aloofness he felt towards him. So, you know, there's always two sides to every argument, but um, it's for me, it's like, the, the fact that Rafa has basically got carte blanche to do anything he wants in Newcastle and I think the good thing about it we're going to reap the rewards uh, you know <laughs> let's be honest three weeks ago four weeks ago we, we nobody in hell thought we were going to be anywhere near the top of the league did we and now it's like what I, you always expect a Newcastle train to get going but at least that train has get going on the fundamentals of a proper game management football and player personnel, right, Steve? Yeah. That's right. And if you look back, you look back in Newcastle's history, and you think about, it, you think, right, well, Keegan, mm-hmm. Keegan was allowed to do what he wanted. Keegan had the ear of Sir John. Keegan needed money. Mm-hmm. Sir John went out and found the money. It wasn't until Sir John's influence started to drift away from the club, and and mm-hmm. Douglas came, and Freddie Shepherd came more and more onto the scene, and started questioning what Kevin was up to and what Kevin wanted and, and, and at that point I think we had the issue with the, the you know the, the club deciding to float on the stock exchange because the, the guys suddenly realised that they themselves could make a boatload of money and they wanted Keegan to front it and Keegan mm. walked away and knocked it back you then look at Sir Bobby and Sir Bobby was given the kind of free reign but not enough of the free reign that was needed for to drive the club forward but he, he got us again to a certain point and then again he hit an obstacle because somebody at the club Actually, coincidentally, the same person decided he was a little bit too old. 
um, and and enforced Shepard's hand in terms of deciding that you know we needed somebody young and we need somebody better or we needed a change when Robson was just at that at that point of building. Now we'll, we'll move on again and we've got you know another ten or twelve years and we've got Rafa, but this time again he's despite all the other managers had this is the first one since then who looks as though he's been given a free reign and is running the club but I think the circumstances this time are totally different this time he's been given it because he actually has the background he has the knowledge and he has the experience and within the club are people without that background without that knowledge and without that experience and they're learning from him and the situation is cry, has been crying out for a, a, a Rafa Benitez, a, a manager, someone who comes in and manages the whole shooting match, not someone who becomes a yes person whether they liked it or not, because that's the way that they've been forced to with, say, Pardew or, or, or somebody else, you know, um, Allardyce, who probably didn't, if the truth be known, didn't get the, the, full, the full opportunity to do what was needed, but probably would have just continued in the same vein and would have been watching the worst football we ever had. Thankfully, somebody did step in at that point, you know, um, and brought Keegan back and then the huffed him, you know. So, but Rafa, the opportunity we've got with Rafa now, um, it's all there. All the ingredients are now back in the pot. The excitement's there within the club. As, as Neil mentioned earlier, the way that the social media is developing, the way that their, their outlook and their, their personality within the club that is, that is coming, coming off and spinning off from Rafa, um, the fans, the excitement, the buzz we've got, that winning feeling that we're going away and we're going to actually play right. some football. Um, yep. And it's interesting, we had, a few, we had a few people on social media who said they were a bit bored on Saturday watching the game. <laughs> I could have I watched it forever, you know, <laughs> because I'd never, I never looked as though we were going to be in trouble. Totally and we thought we played in second gear. There was an awful lot more to come from that team. I've got yeah, that's just, that's Sorry, just one of the, the 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 teams we could put out. We've got depth in almost every position. There, we could have played a totally different eleven. And it'll be and still, whether we'll play a totally different on on, I, on I think there'll be, well. be three or four changes made. I said that earlier earlier tonight. Uh, I'm quite convinced this squad is going to get used rotationally. Um, I was surprised he didn't make more changes than he did. For Derby, but I suspect he's going game by game, situation by situation, and he's yeah. saying, right, in this game I want you to do this, in this game I want you to do that. Um, I think but the substitutions are strategic. I think he'll, I think he'll take out Dummett and put in Lazar, because obviously Lazar's just arrived in London um, on the team coach, but um, he's tweeted out just land in London. Like, let's go, Mag- let's go, Magpie. So I do think um, the fact that there's so much competition in every position, right? Every position. Do you think? Do you, think, do you, do you honestly think he'll change his back four? I think if, if there's anything, I think, so. I think if there's anywhere in the team that he that he won't change, I think given given the, the fact that he's trying to uh, play a goalkeeper um, into into performances and keeping clean sheets, you know, and what a goalkeeper needs in front of him is a steady back four, and I I, I think he might stick the back four for now. But hey, we'll we'll not know, will we, until what happens six tomorrow when the team gets announced. But when you look at the fixtures we've got coming up, we've got we've got Wolves on Saturday, then we've got Wolves the following week in the cup, you know, and we've, then we've got is it Ipswich? I think we've got coming up, and um, we've got some we've, we've got a we've got a run of about five or six games in in about sixteen or seventeen days, you know. It, it's 
these games come thick and fast in this league. You know, we've played extra eight games and we're having a run in the cup <laughs> that we haven't had to, haven't had to uh, put up with in previous seasons. And I hope the cup run can carry on as, as most fans do, because it's there for the taking that type of cup. You know, but Rafa's Rafa's got a he's got a lot thinking in him. If he's, I think if he's going to make changes, I think the changes he'll make will actually be at home. When we've got when we've got the supporters behind, when we've got the fifty two thousand in the ground, I think that's more of a time when you play rather than an away game. I don't know, I don't know about you, Neil, but I just I just have this feeling that that's what Rafa's about. I mean, you know, you probably get more changes at home than you would from an away match. Well, he's about seems to be about defensive solidity. He wants to to keep um, get it right at the back, get it organised. Um, I know he's talking a lot about positional playing with what positions the centre backs get into and I don't think he's keen on the the forward runs that member makes on occasion. I think he's quite critical of that. He seems to be one to get get certain shapes made and you're right. He's probably got a bit more freedom to tinker at home because teams will set up differently against us at home. Yeah, exactly. They'll try and do a smash and grab like Huddersfield. Um, they'll see how Huddersfield have done it and think right that's the way to play them in St James's because and again it, 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 we've said this nearly every week nearly every week is somebody's cup final when they come and play us and we've just got to be set up right for it and be organised and at home he's probably got a little bit more licence to make changes and be a little bit more um, fluid with the team whereas away from home we've, we've got to set up right defensively and then build is from there. You, you take it from the the the, the, um, the stance of let's have a nil nil draw and then something better after that. And I think yeah. that's how we work. I think he made an interesting point, Neil, didn't he? When when Steve said uh, they mightn't change, you, you, you don't think he doesn't think he'll change the back four. I think let's see. I didn't think he was going to change the back four when we went to Bristol City, and I was very wrong there. <laughs> I think he's he's um, he will play horses for courses. He'll have a plan for every team, and he'll have a plan for every situation, and he'll pick the team that he thinks will execute the plan best. And I think if that makes means making eight changes, he will do it. Yeah, I believe I, I agree with that. Actually, I think. Um what, give me a scoreline for tomorrow before I bring in Chris from the United States. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, I think I think another two nil, another two nil, another an away win, two nil. That's what I'm. That's what if I was a betting man, that's what I put in. I'm not a betting man, by the way, so I'm not going to spend any money on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, it's not on TV, is it? The match, I believe, is it or not? I don't think so. No, I haven't seen. I haven't seen any links, and that's one of the problems that you have with uh, with this league, isn't it? You know, you, yeah, you, you yeah. struggle. Yeah. I know that you, some of the some of the betting sites, you know, you, you can get links and you can watch mm-hmm. games, but uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm sponsored by a, the league, sponsored by a, a Skybet, anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, no, that's that's one of the one of the big disappointments of this league, and yet. I think I just read a little stat earlier that uh, that will be the will be the sixth most watched club in Europe this season. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know where that stat comes from. I don't know what it's based on. Presumably, the league itself must be you know the, the, there must be an awful lot more interested in the EFL as we're calling it now mm-hmm. um, in Europe uh, than than we imagine. But hey, the, the sixth most watched club in Europe. On TV, I'd like to, I'd like to know how they generate 
those those stats because imagine if we were on every week <laughs> because that would that would blow some people's minds the way the crowds blow some some people's minds over here how many were at St James's Park uh, yeah well, well I it's not a myth <laughs> we're not that fickle you know exactly um, I, saw, I, I, exactly. I saw another interesting stat that I put on Twitter I don't know whether you saw that one last night Neil but uh, Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo scored 115 goals since Jack Wilsh last played 90 minutes <laughs> He's gone to the south coast where they send all the old people to retire, they reju- exactly, re- recuperate. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably because Good, you, yeah. you can get some artificial joints cheap. <laughs> um, well, I've got to bring in um, my, my last caller. Thanks so much for coming on, Steve. I, I always yeah, appreciate guys, <laughs> yes, Steve. Cheers, mate. Toronto. Cheers, mate. Like great to have Steve on his back. Always gives interesting facts. I like that one about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. It's that's, quite handy. That's but I've just got ridiculous, to... isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to bring my last caller of the evening, and it's Chris Parry calling from Texas, and of course, he's on the golf course. I'm not on the golf course now. I just oh, you're not. That's all beautiful. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, you're coming from down from the... The pain of losing last night in Dallas. What a shame for the Cowboys. Uh, my heart bleeds. Go Redskins. But like, uh, tell me, what was your, you watched the game on, on Saturday? Give, give us your thoughts on uh, Newcastle. Well, I thought when, um, when Benitez put the, put the team out, that uh, it was clear that he, they were sent out there to do a job, to not do it pretty, but to get the points and to get out of there. And, uh, and they did. I mean, it, you know, for all the... All the times I just want to go. I think he's just broken oh. up there. Eh? Yeah, I can hear him breaking there up. There you are, gone. Like <laughs> he just seems like he's always in the right spot. I just don't think he gives enough, go, enough going forward, and that's what kind of drives me crazy. And Shelby, I mean, Shelby had kind of a so-so game, but what a great corner kick and uh, just, a, just a cracking goal by a guy that we all wanted out of here. You know, uh, you know, a couple of years. Yeah, it was interesting uh, on Shelby because Yedlin, he'll take it. I don't know if it's, has that been changed to an own goal yet, or is it still Yedlin's? I thought it was a, I thought it was a good goal. I, I thought it came off the back of his foot. What do you think? I think it's still down as a goal for for Yedlin. I haven't seen word that it's been changed. I think I've lost. We've lost. Um, uh, Chris, just just then, but um, yeah, with, with it's a, interesting. With a raging serial killer, killer in the background, by the time <laughs> that was quite disturbing. The street. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but like, uh, yeah, it's interesting. They're trying to take the goal off him. <laughs> well, pretty, yeah, pretty I know the, pre- the Premier League, Premier League runs a, a dubious goals panel, don't they? I don't know what they're doing yeah. in, the, in the Championship. Whether yeah, the same probably. thing applies. Yeah, um, the thing, the thing is, they've got to get it right though, because worldwide. So many bets are placed on these things. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got to get it right. Mate, they've got to get it right because there's, there's another industry entirely. The, the whole spot <laughs> betting thing, you know, where, where who's going to score next in what minute and is it going to be an own goal and bet now and Ray Winston head comes flying in your, flying into your blouse and quite worrying. Um, but at the same time, that's a whole other industry and it relies on the stats being right and on the, 
on the officials being right. Even more reason and even more annoying then, far more referees don't get it right. And then you, you get word out of people like Halsey saying, well, well, I was told to say not to say it in my report. That's outrageous. Yeah. If, that's, if that's true, that's absolutely outrageous. Um, okay. By the way, that's something else entirely. I don't know I'm going off on a tangent, but you know, th- th- these things have to be right. They have to be correct because of other things. Yeah, exactly. We were just talking about uh, Chris is back now. Uh, we were just talking about the fact that um, Yedlin goal was given to him, and they're trying to change it round. And we just talking about the we're talking about the betting Chris that happens all over the world. Can you imagine that goal goes in, especially in the US where there's a big market for betting. Uh, you know, can you imagine if they <laughs> they would have already paid out the money, wouldn't they, Chris? Yeah. Stop it. Before they, before they finally, before, yeah, before they finally change, yeah, but yeah, before they finally change it, stop it. Before they finally change it to a, to a, you know, to an own goal. Sorry, there's our pool guys in the back, you know, doing his thing. So dog my dog back. feels, yeah. feel, feels necessary to let everybody know about it. But no, I agree. But I was just happy to see him get off the mark. I don't care how it was. I mean, you could see the difference between him and Anita right away in just the speed. And, and, and whatnot. But, I, I mean, I do think, like I said, Anita, Vernon Anita, Jack Colback, these guys, I think Benitez loves them because they go out and they do the job. That's all they do. They're not flashy, and we're in the championship now. We don't need to be flashy. We just need to keep stacking up victories, keep putting in three points, and then get out of here. You know, and, and, and I think that's the case. I'm actually looking forward. I wonder if it's going to be a completely new team uh, against QPR on uh, Tuesday. But it's too bad we won't be able to see it. They're not showing it on TV anywhere, not even on BN Sport or anything. So hopefully it'll be on the radio. I'll be able to listen to it. But uh, uh, what did you guys think? I mean, I just uh, I, I I wasn't impressed. I, I thought that uh, I thought I thought that the other team just didn't do much to really make Newcastle sweat the entire game. I actually thought that um, at any time in the first half. Even though there were people saying we were, we, we were doing okay, I thought at any time any pressure on that on the back lane, they they would score. What do you think, Neil? Me, I don't don't see that. I saw a period early in the first half, and I saw a period early in the second half, which, as the home team, you would expect mm. them to come at us during that time. Mm. Other than that, maybe fifteen minutes in total. Um, we're really I agree. ridiculously comfortable at times. That, that yeah, was, it was. It was almost like a training it, session. It was almost like a absolutely. training session, Neil. I mean, it really was. No, you're quite right. And and, and, and it, it, that. How long is it since we've seen a Newcastle team one nil up and look comfortable? Mm-hmm. I, I, I would yeah, I mean, and, and of course, like, and of course, they almost scored a couple goals, Neil. They almost scored a couple goals. I mean, there was that ridiculous cross that easily could have gone in the net, and there was some mm-hmm. stuff. But that happens in football. I mean, those types uh-huh. of things happen in soccer. I mean, it's you just have to get over it. But for the most part, I agree. I, I, except for almost giving up a goal in the first minute of the game, which I was like, "Are you yes. kidding me?" You know, coming off the, coming off the international break. Besides that, I really didn't think they were tested. I, I I thought that Anita got beat a couple times by the speed of that of the of their forward or their winger. Yeah. And then I thought he kind of got the, got the better of them. Realized, okay, this guy's got some pace, and really shut him down after that. I um, I, I don't know. To me, I, I the one thing that makes me a little bit 
I don't like it. I, I think Newcastle should go, should really take it to teams like that. But Benitez doesn't care. He just wants to get the victory. And sometimes you just have to be, you have to admire that. It's all of it. Who cares if, if Newcastle dominated them, but then they got beat on the counterattack a couple times and gave up a couple soft goals. You know, they went up there and did the job. Yeah, I think um, the fact that they've got, a f- you know, they've got such, well, they've got Atusu, who I've never heard of before. Atusu. <laughs> Have you ever seen him play, Chris? Because I've never seen him play, but again, he's Gentlemen, uh-oh, Atusu, well, Christian Atusu, you know, played against the United States in the World Cup. You know, for guys. But uh, here's something, guys. <laughs> What's the last time that Newcastle had such a diverse new roster that we I can't rem- I can't say half their names off the top of my head because there's been such a turnover and in a good way with a with a bunch yeah. of guys. And if I could take that quote of Rafa Benitez that someone put on Facebook or someone on Twitter where he talked about. We want people who want to come to play here. We, this is Newcastle. This is, we are a special city. We're a special club. We're one of the best clubs. Man, he just, he just laid it all out there. I felt like I was listening to Kevin Keegan all over yeah, again. And it, and, and it was just so great to hear. And I, uh, it's just, and that's why Newcastle fans, I bet you, I mean, you guys live there. I bet you everyone is just so buoyed by, by everything that's going on in the pitch right now and in the boardroom. And say what you want about Mike Ashley. He has given this guy a treasure chest of money and Charnley, and he stayed out of it and said, go do what you do. I tried. I tried and failed on multiple occasions to try to do this, and I failed. Maybe he could send a letter to Jerry Jones, you know, so Jerry could learn <laughs> yeah. that you can't be a GM. Yeah, but I mean, so, and what he's done is he's given, and Charnley, you know, for all the stick we've given Charnley, I mean, Benitez has already come out and said that Charnley is a big reason why they were so successful in the transfer market. Because they went and got guys early before those parachute payments for the premiership teams came in, and then everyone started wanting exorbitant fees. They went, they did their business early, and then of course they missed out on some targets. But I think overall, I just I love the squad, I love the depth, I love the atmosphere, I love uh, I just I love the guys seem like, seemingly like they really want to wear the shirt and do everything they can, you know, for Newcastle United. I think that's a quote. Uh, that um, Rafa Benitez came out, I think, was in a direct message uh, to any player, especially Sissoko, that when they come, when they, the players that they're going to bring in here, they're not going to bring them here like before as stepping stones. And that was a, honestly, when I heard that, the way that he said it, it was just full of passion, vigour, and heart. Like, yeah, I agree. Chris, it's, it was just like listening to to uh, Kevin Keegan, wasn't it, Neil? Yeah, it was. It had that same sort of um, inspirational effect. Mm. But this this is what was said all along. He, he's coming to this club, and he hasn't had to have time to get it. He's got it from day one, and that's been obvious. And this is what you know. This is what stands out. And again, the word on everybody's lips project and I think um, this is what he wants to do and he gets it and he understands it and he understands what players coming in need to do but he understands what we want to hear from players as well and I think that's very significant yeah I think if you look at the if you look at the like I think I know it sounds daft but the fact that if he had been brought in earlier 
um, I think we still would have had the same the same effect, even though we've gone down. But at least with with us going down, Chris, at least now we've got a you know he'll, he'll be able to affect things. And when we do come, if and when we do come back, we'll be a far better, stronger team for it. Well, I don't, uh, guys. I don't know if um, I don't know if he would have come until he did. I think that's been kind of now well documented that you know they were willing to try to give you know McLaren every every possible because I mean we all thought that after Chelsea that should have been it. I mean they should not have gone on vacation to wherever the heck that was in Spain. They should have they should have made the move there. But you know Newcastle. I mean and 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 they wanted to give McLaren every chance and. It, it just it just didn't work, and I, and and I bet you Steve McLaren's a great guy, and and he clearly tried to do everything he could. It just didn't work. Sometimes things just don't work out. Um, but Benitez came in. I think that I really think we're going to look back, and if if Newcastle United pushes on and and goes and and does the things that we all hope and dream that they can accomplish, we're going to look at that game against Tottenham, uh, that final game of the season when you're worried whether the coach is going to leave and and just the passion and and just and just running them off the pitch you know one of the best teams in the, one of the best teams in the EPL and they wanted no part of Newcastle and 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 they've kicked on from there after you know they they've spent the money and they've they've put money into the club and and Ashley has stayed out of it you know if Ashley stays out of it and keeps doing this he may end up going down as one of the better owners you know if uh, if if Newcastle can can Climb up the table and actually challenge for some things. Um, yeah, but right now, yeah, watching Mike Ashley's latest um, PR disaster on TV over here was a thing of beauty. If you had, if you missed it, but he, he was uh, talking about his own company and he, he pulled out a wallet of a thousand pounds in his pocket and he, <laughs> you know, this is the thing, isn't it? You can never. We, we we always think we're on a a good number right now, but the good thing is, um, Rafa Benitez has been given the king the keys to the kingdom, and if we have to keep on churning up results, keep on going because as uh, Steve said earlier, we've got a number of tough games coming up, and they're going to keep on coming. Yeah, and we have the squad. We have the squad to do it. I mean. I mean, we have. Yeah, I mean, we have Mitro just sitting there chomping at the bit, ready to probably get on the pitch on Tuesday and get after it. We have one thing I read. Um, I'm not sure who did, who said it, or and I think it might have been Benitez in an interview. He said he learned last year that you could not compete with the big boys in the number and in, in the high world class signing, but you could compete with the big boys in depth. Because what the big boys have is that their 15th and 16th players are better than your starting 11. So when they go to the subs bench, they just don't lose anything. They actually gain stuff. And that's one thing Newcastle did not have. They just really didn't have anybody after their starting 11. But if you look now, I would say that there's probably a, I'd say there's probably 20, 20 guys you can put on the pitch and feel pretty good about here in the championship. And no other championship club has that. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks for coming on, Chris. It's been a, I'm glad to give you more time tonight. Thanks very much. And give me a score for tomorrow. I really think that they're going to go and take care of business. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking one nil, and then they they get one late, just like they did, uh, you know, they did uh, you know last week. I, I'm going to go two nil. Two nil, yeah, sounds, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic, and it's been a, it's just been tremendous, hasn't it? Like, how 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 would you how has it affected you? When you're going to work in your day. Do you feel more upbeat? Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, because I, I work on Saturdays, so I I watch it on DN Sports or on this Fubo TV thing. I'm watching it on the internet, but just it's funny. I it would be better if Newcastle was playing better. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'd probably feel better. But what I do is I shut the laptop and I go, another three points, let's go to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really just don't care. I just want to get back to the premiership. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it's... Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's nothing, nothing worse. Don't you, you think, Neil, hey, Andrew and Neil, don't you think it's different than when they were down there last time, the games were just exciting and, and Nolan was scoring goals and Carroll and, my goodness, Newcastle was flying. And you're thinking, here we go. This time, it's I don't care. I just just get the games, get the victories, and and let's and let's get back up and let's get back up as soon as possible. Because it is a rough and tumble league. I've now known. I can now tell that just by seeing every single match. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, poor Yosi Perez is starting to get better with dealing with the uh, dealing with you know just the physical play. But I think Dwight Gale needs to toughen up a little bit now. Yeah, he goes he down the ball too quickly, doesn't he? Yeah. He keeps looking for it. Yeah, yeah, he keeps looking for it, and you can't do it. But I was happy that the referee did not give that game away because he easily could have bought three or four dives. I thought that's all they did in the first half was dive and look for and look for penalty kicks. And yeah. the official was, was having none of it. Yep. So, uh, but anyway, guys, I enjoy it as always. Look forward to talking to you hopefully next week, and uh, hopefully it's after uh, two, a couple victories. Yeah, exactly. Thanks very much, Chris. Appreciate it as ever. Thanks, mate. Cheers, All right, guys. Cheers, Have mate. Thanks. Take right, care. Bye-bye. I, I was going to go with Chris into the fact that the, the Cowboys lost again, but I, I thought that would be a well, cheap I'm, shot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, they, did they win or not? Uh, the Chiefs. Do you know what happened? Even check this game. They won. They did. Yeah, they came on three. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching on uh, on uh, the Red Zone, which you've got on Sky over here. So mm. it's really good to see. But uh, thanks so much, everybody, for coming on tonight. I'm going to talk to Neil afterwards. But thanks so much to my main guest, um, one of the best guests I've had on to go with Carl Martino and Robbie Musto and Steve Bowers. Excellent to have him on, especially as he's working tonight for the Premier League. So thanks everybody for coming on tonight. It's been a great show, and we'll be back next week with another guest. Thanks now. Bye bye. Fingers.